Do you remember when I was, uh, when I got ghosted by that guy and then like the next week I saw him at the supermarket? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> see, you can't ghost people on the Gold Coast because you just see them around. You'll see them. You'll see them. <laughs> Hey hotties and welcome back to another episode of To Be Honest The Podcast. Hope you're having a really beautiful day, morning, evening, afternoon, midnight, (laughs) midnights, (laughs) whatever you're doing, I hope you're well. Hi, I'm Amanda. You can call me Duck Dog. Today I sit across from my beautiful bestie for the restie and co-host, Miss Cara R. Reedy. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. How are you today? You know what? I'm doing good today. I'm having a really, really nice start to the day. The sun's out. The air is crisp. I had a morning walk. I had an orange juice. Lovely. Can't complain. Mm. How are you today? I'm feeling great too. I got up early. I got a few things done. I had a coffee. I had an orange juice. And not as good as yours. Not freshly squeezed. It was just like a, 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 a carton one, but that's fine. It was yummy. Now we're here. Now we're here. Lovely. Another Unprofessional Opinions episode. They come around so fast and I love it. We do love it so much. We love it. You love it. Tiggy and Eva love it. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves it. (laughs) Everyone (laughs) lives for it. Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Should we start with what we have to be honest about? Do you want to kick us off? So for my honesty moment this morning, Mm -hmm. I just want to tell a little funny story. Because this morning, okay, this is a very random, random story. And I don't know if it's going to be as entertaining as I think it is. Well, I guess we'll find out. But (laughs) so when I'm home alone and I take a shower, I like leave the door open. (laughs) Where is this going? (laughs) And as we know, I have two cats, Tagi and Eva. It's Eva's Mm. seventh birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, birthday, Eva. Eva. (laughs) Did we get her a cake? No, but I got her some catnip treats and she's been gobbling them up all morning. <laughs> does does Tiger get any or is it just for Eva? I put them in front of Tiger, but he won't eat them. So Eva eats his. <laughs> as she like, should. As she should. As she should. But when I shower, I have the door open like to the bathroom and Tiger always like comes in <laughs> and... And like he, I don't know what it is. I think he might be panicking that I'm. Well, I thought that's what was happening. I thought he was panicking that I was in the water. Anyway, and he always just like is meowing at me constantly, like going off, jumping up onto the toilet, like trying to get a good look at me. All this. Anyway, today I was like, you know what? I'm gonna open the shower screen door. Did he come in to the shower? And he and he came into the fucking shower. Did he get I was wet? Just, Yes, he was just in the shower drinking the water from the bottom that was, like, pooling at the bottom of the shower. And he was just in there for, like, five minutes. Was he, like, fully drenched? No, 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 He was, like, getting, like, all the spray of the shower, right? Because it was on me. But I was like, what the fuck is this weird dog cat? This, you know? <laughs> this is so funny for many reasons. First of all, because Tiger is such a bizarre, anxiously attached animal. The second thing is, like, you have, like, about four different bowls of water around the house for them. So the fact that he's, like, de- like desperately needing some water from your shower doesn't make any sense. It's not like he's dehydrated. Yeah. 
Oh my god. Anyway, that's what I have to be honest about today because my life's been kind of just like same old, same old, just cruising along, enjoying myself. And I was in the shower this morning and I was like, this is a good one for the podcast. Well, I'm Thank glad the so taggy is hydrated from your body water. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit foul. Actually. It probably was like, mmm, tastes like mum. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, what do you have to be honest about today? Okay, so what I have to be honest about is that I'm kind of like a motorsports girly now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> last week, last week you're a Top Gun girly yeah. now, and I now you're yeah. so. The thing is, is like, obviously, I think I've talked about it before. I was into the F1 because I watched Drive to Survive, like every other fucking person on this planet who now is into the F1. Mm-hmm. Um. And I went to the F1 in Melbourne last weekend, to the Grand Prix, and it was great. It was fun. Super enjoyable. Loved it. But at the F1, I didn't realize this, but, like, there's, like, not just F1 cars that race. Like, it's, like, a whole event. It's, like, there's also supercars. And I'm saying this on the camera with, like, inverted, like, air quotes. What is a supercar? It's just, like, a different type of car. It's a V8. Right. God, if my boyfriend listens to this, he's going to be so mad that I can't explain why what a supercar is. But anyway, <laughs> it's just a different type of car and it's a V8 engine. Do, do you know what that means? Because I don't particularly know. Um, I don't know and I don't actually care no, if I'm me honest. Either. Anyway, they go fast. <laughs> um, and they were on like before and after the F1. And so we waited around because my boyfriend really likes supercars. And I was watching it and I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll wait here. But like, I'm just going to chill, like sit down and like eat my dumplings and stuff like that and like hang out don't really care that much and I got so into it and then my boyfriend really likes because he's a motorbike rider he really likes I don't even know what you call it what's the moto gp moto gp oh my god do you know he's gonna be really <laughs> mad that I didn't know and then he's gonna be really happy that you knew <laughs> anyway that's that was on the other night and so when we got home he was like I'm gonna put on the moto gp like if you want to watch it with me or do whatever you want. And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, I'll watch it. And I got so into it. And I was like, what's going on here? Because I don't really, like, like sports of any kind. I feel like you, when you figured out that you loved watching netball, loved watching the AFL, loved watching the soccer, except yeah. mine is all about sports on wheels. So Yeah, I'm all about balls. You're all about wheels. wheels. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> vroom, vroom, bitch. Anyway, that's what I feel most about today. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, let's get into today's episode. As Cara mentioned, we're doing an unprofessional opinions episode today, which is where where we answer questions that you submit to us on Instagram or on our Patreon. Now, today we've got a little bit of a mixed bag with quite a significant amount of uh, dating relationship questions, as tends to happen on this podcast, and we're experts now. So... You're welcome. But <laughs> it's you saying we're experts for a, for an episode titled Unprofessional Opinions. <laughs> anyway, Kara, let's kick it off with our first question. How do you move past being ghosted? Wow, what a um complicated question that I don't have an answer to to start off with. Being ghosted. Well, you've moved past sucks. being ghosted. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, have I? Yeah, I guess so. We've all been ghosted. Everyone's been ghosted. That's one of the first you know ways what? to True. move past because it. Because last year I was ghosted by someone who I was pretty interested in and I was kind of like, what the fuck for a while? And look, I wasn't that invested, so it was fine. It, it does suck. It sucks regardless of whether you've never met them and you're just having like a random conversation with them and like, you know, they stopped replying. It sucks, obviously, if you've dated them for a few times. And 
I mean, I'm hoping this doesn't happen to many people where it sucks if you're, like, in a relationship and they just ghost you. I'm sure that does happen to some people. That's, like, so frightful. That just, like, screams I'm emotionally unavailable. Yeah. Horrifying Mm. and avoidant. Anyway, it fucking sucks. How do you move past it? I think a big part of it probably is about really internalizing the fact that it's not about you. Like, remind, mm. reminding yourself, that, like, yes, it feels shit to be ghosted. It feels like like you're thinking, like, what did I do? What's wrong with me? Why do I get ghosted? Especially if it happens multiple times, which I know, like, I know a lot of people who have kind of been ghosted quite a few times. And, like, it's hard not mm. to kind of think something about yourself when it comes to that, but it's always about the other person, always. And their lack of communication skills and their inability to actually connect and have like an open honest conversation when it comes to dating so I think that's the first Mm. thing what do you think yeah I agree and I think like honestly remembering I think one of the worst things about dating culture now in the age of technology is the whole ghosting element and the how much do I communicate element and how much we read into it and stuff like that like that shit is so that was like the hardest part of dating for me I think when I was like trying to put myself out there and stuff but I think that like Something honestly to remember is that, like, I do not know one person who has not been ghosted in yeah. their life. Like, really... well, maybe I know one person, but like, <laughs> but like, so many people that I know have been ghosted, even if they're like, I, don't, I think we need to remember it doesn't actually reflect on you as a person and like how valuable you are, how mm-hmm. good of a person you are to date or whatever. It just has everything to do with, like Kara said, how emotionally available that person is and how much they're willing to communicate and how much they know what they want. I think that a lot of people don't know how to communicate uh, what they actually want from a relationship, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that can really make people feel stunted. Like I remember dating someone a couple of years ago now who was so terrible at communicating with me mm. and I always thought, oh, it's because there's something wrong with me. I'm not enough, like all this kind of stuff. But then like upon reflection, it was like he literally was so fucking confused about what the hell he wanted to do with his life in general that he couldn't even commit to texting me back. So like I think that it's good to remember those things and also remember that like with ghosting, it's something that could happen again and it's okay if it happens again. And also that eventually you won't get ghosted by someone and you will connect with them and – I think it's also a reminder when we have that feeling of being ghosted that we need to encourage the people around us to not ghost people and to be open. Completely. Just before, because I think that's really important, is to like, you know, it's very easy when, you know, you've been ghosted, like what a fucking dickhead, or when your friend's been ghosted, like what an asshole. But then when they're like, oh, I feel awkward, should I reply? And you're like, no, just like just see if it fizzles out like don't communicate Mm. like it's easy to encourage it when like you have like the relationship with the person you have the empathy but like Mm. like you said it's Mm -hmm. important to be like no communicate like treat someone the way it sounds so cliche treat someone the way that you'd want to be treated in this situation and I think it speaks volumes about our dating culture that ghosting is so common and I think that is a bunch of different like there's a bunch of different reasons behind that it's the fact that dating is so online it's so easy to ignore people now like you can unmatch them you can not reply to texts you can like block their number like whatever it is um Mm. it's also i think about the fact that if we go back to maybe the choice and the ability to be like 
if I forget about this person, I don't have to ever see them again. I don't have to like worry about Mm. them again. I have like, you know, five dating apps I can go on. There are so many different things that kind of, whether it's obviously doing it or not, encourage that kind of like detachment from people. Mm -hmm. But I really think at the end of the day, it's about like, like, I don't think, obviously we talk about how like you don't owe people something if you're not dating them, but I do think you owe people decency and respect if they've shown you Mm. decency and respect if you're talking to someone for you know whether it's like a day a week I mean like it's obviously like it depends on the context of how you're talking to them but like if you're talking Mm. to someone and you're like I'm not feeling it anymore and they're you can tell they're invested to a degree and stuff like that and they've shown you nothing but interest and respect and decency you have like I think Mm. it's unfair to not reciprocate that in the end Yeah, I agree. And I think that what you said about like dating being online is such a huge, uh, it impacts this so much because people feel like there are so many other options Mm -hmm. and that makes it so much easier to ghost for a lot of people, I think, because instead of actually confronting the, you know, relationship, however serious or not serious the relationship is, instead of actually confronting it and being like, hey, I'm not interested anymore, they can instead ignore the problem and distract themselves with all these other people on dating apps. And I think that is one of the like main reasons and also something to remember when you're being ghosted. It's once again, has nothing to do with you. Yeah, and I also think it's important to remember like, if, you're, if you've been ghosted by someone, you do not want to date that person anyway. Like, yes, they have given so you, right. and it's obviously, like, very hard. This doesn't help, especially if you are really invested and you really like the person. But try to remember, like, they've kind of shown you their true colors. Like, even if they were great at communicating, like, really funny, really smart, really, like, you know, loving up until that moment, they've shown mm-hmm. you how they react in situations where they're uncomfortable or really need to communicate And those Mm. are situations that always come up in relationships and they are like some of the biggest indicators of like whether you're right for someone is how well do your communication styles match up? Like how are they going to react when they have to have a hard conversation? You don't want to date someone whose immediate response is to shut down and avoid. Mm. That's not healthy. And so you're better off essentially if someone ghosts you at the end of the day, even if that's hard to kind of wrap your head around the moment do you remember when I was uh when I got ghosted by that guy and then like the next week I saw him at the supermarket oh my god yes (laughs) see you can't ghost people on the gold coast because you just see them around you'll see them you'll see them (laughs) it's not like a big big ass city it's actually quite small it's such a rookie error to ghost someone on the gold coast (laughs) it's such a rookie error (laughs) (laughs) okay so the next question is a bit of a tricky one So this person said, I'm in love with a guy in my class, but he has a girlfriend. I think he likes me too, though. Can I not say anything? Okay. (laughs) So I think that we have a similar answer to our ghosting question in the sense that, like, do you want to be in a relationship with someone who pursues someone outside of their current relationship? Exactly, yeah. Personally, I think no. Mm. Uh, Like, I also think that in this situation... We need to put ourselves in the girlfriend's shoes Mm -hmm. and apply compassion there. I understand like when you really, really like someone or love someone, it can be really hard to draw yourself away from them. And 
I like literally I completely understand with the like the feeling of just being like drawn to someone right Mm. but we need to think about what it would feel like if that were us you know what Mm. I mean and I think that in this situation we need to be first of all loyal to ourselves in the sense of like is a relationship with someone who would potentially cheat on their partner something that I want Mm. and that I deserve and that kind of thing But as well as that, I think we need to consider like, how is this going to make that other person feel and really actually consider that? Because I think I speak as a girly who has been cheated on multiple times. And Mm. I think that's why this conversation, this question, like really, I want people to think about this kind of stuff because like maybe it's the love of your life, right? Like maybe it is, Mm. but is it really worth putting someone else through so much pain Mm. on a I don't know what's happening like if this person is like the love of your life or whatever like I think that allowing someone and their relationship to run its course Mm -hmm. and then when they're single being like yeah let's go for it great you know what Mm -hmm. I mean but I think that like I don't know. Let me know your thoughts because I feel like I have so many thoughts running through my mind right now. I was about to start by saying, first of all, I agree with you. And second of all, I also have so many thoughts. I don't even know where to start. So (laughs) I think the first thing, well, I want to agree with the fact that like, I'm someone who's always thought about the other person. Like, like you think about the other woman in that situation. I've never personally been in this situation. I can imagine it'd be very hard to feel like you're in love with someone who is, has a girlfriend. And like, I also, obviously, we don't know the details around the situation. That always makes these questions a bit hard to answer because we don't know all the nuanced little details about how it got to this part. But if you're saying you're in love with him, right, my thought is that you don't typically become in love with someone if they have not given you any kind of mm. romantic interaction to go off. Yes. So yes. in that regard, going back to what you said, Ducky, like that is, I mean, obviously we don't know the bounds of his relationship with this other girl, but like if they're in a monogamous relationship, most people would probably say if you are interacting with someone in a way that makes them have romantic feelings for you because you're giving them a romantic, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, like that you're giving them some sort of like emotional connection or romantic connection, mm-hmm. that's not exactly like conducive to being in a romantic relationship with someone else and I think that it's important to remember like why like to think like why are they doing that if they're in another Mm. relationship and if they are in another relationship and they found someone like this does happen to some people like they're in a relationship and they meet someone else who they are romantically interested in and they realize Mm. actually I'm not I don't want to be in this relationship right now I'd want to explore something with someone else obviously people get hurt in that situation and that sucks but that that's Mm. a different situation like breaking up with someone or having a hard conversation with someone and then choosing to kind of come out of that to explore different options that's different to what this guy seems to be doing, which is just being in a relationship and also being emotionally close to you to the point mm. where you're in love with them. And I think that can speak speak volumes about the type of person they are, but also like the type of person they are in a relationship and maybe like the footing you would start off in if you had a relationship with them. Um, mm. Like I don't think that would necessarily feel good if like, you know, they left their partner for you or if, like, you started something while they were in a relationship. I'm not sure if that's something that this person would do. Like, I obviously hope not. But um, it's really hard because you don't want to... It feels, it feels like, unfair to say don't say anything, right? Because it's, like, your life, your truth, this person that you, you feel you're in mm. love with. But at the same time, 
it is about like, is it your place to? And I'm going to be completely honest. In these situations, I often feel like if he wanted to be with you, he would. Mm. And that's probably a really hard thing to hear. But like, and I'm not saying that's anything negative about this person who wrote the question at all. But like, if someone wants to be with you, they would probably have a conversation with you about it and like have a conversation with their partner about it. And like, it wouldn't be such a difficult conversation. Maybe that's simplifying it a bit too much. I don't know. But like, I just don't want this person to be holding on to something, thinking that this person's feelings are stronger than they are when maybe they're not. Does that make sense? Yeah, I understand because I think that whilst it's a complex situation, if, for example, he has feelings for two different people, I do think that, like, at the end of the day, speaking from experience, (laughs) if you were the one that he wanted to be with, I think that there would be a way for him to make that happen. Yeah. If he really wanted to, which is, like, obviously within the bounds of us not knowing the whole situation, Mm. but, like, I do agree with you in that instance. Like, I learnt this the hard way, you know? So just think about that, I think, as well. Okay. Moving on to our next question, which is, I'm 28 years old, I've never been in a relationship, and I dread the topic of dates. Do you have any tips or experiences? So my, my question, <laughs> so my question is, did I write this in myself two years ago? <laughs> is this Kara from the past writing in a question for unprofessional opinions? Um look sis I'm here with you like I was right there with you honestly like I kind of am still here with you like I, d- 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 I d- <laughs> what is there to say we all know how I felt about dating and how I do feel about dating any tips on not being in a relationship and dreading the topic of dates um my first tip is like if you have any kind of like insecurity around not having been in a relationship I think that's something that can come up. I'm not saying you should feel insecure. I just know that a lot of people do. We get a lot of questions from people who are, like, a bit older than, like, what you would typically say, you know, people start to get into relationships are and saying, I've never Mm. had a boyfriend. I've never had a girlfriend. Like, what do I do? And it's a sore point for a lot of people. So if you're feeling that, um, I think it's important to remind yourself that, like, there is literally nothing wrong with that. And that's such an easy thing to say. But to kind of like break down that those feelings of shame that could be there, especially if like they come up on dates and stuff like that. Dreading the topic of dates. I think it really comes down to why you dread it. Is it because Mm. you're insecure? Is it because you're you feel awkward? Is it because you feel like you're worried they're not going to like you? Is it because you don't want to date and you feel like you should be because you're 28 and you haven't had a relationship? Or is it all of these things at once? It could be all of these things. It's probably a whole mixture of things. And I think getting to the bottom of why you don't like dating or don't want to date or dread dating, as this person said, what a great word, because I understand the thought of dreading a date. Um, (laughs) It's important to understand why, because I think when I figured out why, it helped me understand the feelings that were coming up. And that it wasn't just a disinterest in dating. It was a, it was an avoidance of dating for me mm. personally, because I, I felt a lot of things that I'm not going to get into in this episode, but I felt a lot of things and I had a lot of experiences that were stopping me from enjoying that connection, even though I wanted it. And I think that's mm. going to be different for everyone and it's going to be different for this person. But thinking about that, whether it's like in therapy with your friends in like, you know, journaling and thinking about it in private, Getting to the bottom of that can help you figure out, like, what you want and why 
it's hard and how you can kind of navigate around that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree with you. And I think like something else I really want to note is that, you know, when you get to the age of being in your like late 20s and early 30s and there's like a lot of dating going on and perhaps you're meeting new people or meeting someone that you're perhaps going to spend a lot of your time slash the rest of your life with, everyone has some kind of dating trauma, like literally Whether they have not dated anyone, dated a handful of people, dated hundreds of people, everyone has experiences that shape them and make them who they are. And I think that it's really important to acknowledge that there is no shame in being someone who hasn't been in a relationship Mm -hmm. in the same way there's no shame in being someone who's been in 10 relationships. Like it's completely different experiences, but you still both have things that you need to work through based on that. And I think that that's the beauty of dating and the beauty of then uh, meeting and connecting with a partner is the way that you uh, come together and work through those Mm -hmm. things, you know? And I think that the experience of dating actually allows you to work through these things in the first place, you know? And I know that it's really hard. Uh, Even as someone who got comfortable with going on first dates, I would still be so nervous and dread going on first dates Mm. all the time like it's completely natural it's completely human feeling but I think leaning into that feeling of being like I'm not alone in this feeling Mm -hmm. can be really helpful and knowing that like the person that you're sitting across from at the date is also going to be really nervous for sure and And for different reasons yeah exactly completely agree for sure and I think like being like like owning the fact that like you've not been in a relationship not hiding from it not feeling ashamed from it not acting from places of shame and like you know owning the things that you do struggle with is really empowering because I personally have been doing that in my new relationship I've been very open about situations where I'm feeling like unsure or unfamiliar with or like you know I don't know how to navigate this and I've just been open and it's hard it feels scary it feels vulnerable but like if you're with the right person whether it's on a first date a second date or if you're dating them properly or if it's your friends and stuff like that it, it's empowering to speak about it openly and to be like, this is my experience and that's fine. This is how I feel. Mm. This next question is an interesting one and I feel like we've never had a question like this. So I'm kind of excited no, to talk about it. No, that's why I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this person said, I got a tattoo and it turned out as I expected, except that it's bigger than I originally wanted. Something the artist and I agreed on due to making the tattoo age better. I'm now feeling an incredible amount of regret and I'm fearing judgment from others. I'm trying not to care but it's making me so anxious. What would you do? Mm. So for those listening who haven't had a tattoo before, uh, a lot of the time you, if you want something quite small, the artist will advise against getting it as small mm. because they know that it will like, what do they call it? It will like spread and yeah. stuff like that. Basically the tattoo will like blur kind of over time. Yeah, yeah and like thicken over time. So like mm. if you have a really thin line, it's going to thicken and they could like blend into each other and not uphold the quality of the work basically. Anyway, I really like this question. I have a tattoo. I have many tattoos that I regret actually. <laughs> and one in particular that I'm going to get covered up for that reason. And I think that it's uh, it's very interesting because – Tattoos are something that can be so personal and mean a lot to us, but then as well as that, they are something that people can be judgmental of others for Mm -hmm. and that, uh, you know, people obviously observe them, especially if they're on a part of your skin that is exposed Mm -hmm. to the world. I think the first thing I want you to think 
if you're listening to this episode, the first thing that I want <laughs> you to think to yourself is, how do I actually feel mm. about the tattoo? If I ignore the outside noise, if I ignore what literally anyone else thinks about it, what do I actually feel about it? Because mm. I understand that you're saying that you feel like you regret it, but sometimes I've felt like I've regretted things because people have maybe made a comment about mm. it or other people, or I've like been conscious of what other people feel and it's not actually how... I feel. Yeah. Then if you come to the point of I do regret it, right, which literally I have tattoos on my body that I regret, Mm -hmm. so I understand, you get to the space of, okay, is this something that I'm just going to accept that Mm -hmm. I regret and just be like, it's just something that's on my body. It's actually not that big of a deal, which I've done with a couple. Are you going to perhaps get it covered up, which it sounds like this isn't something that you would do because it's too big Mm. so that seems to be the problem or do you look at getting it removed Mm -hmm. and I think that uh, as well as that if it's a big tattoo that you got and you perhaps haven't had many tattoos before or have only had small tattoos it's going to stand out for a while Mm -hmm. it's going to feel big for a while but take it from me my biggest tattoo is one that I regret and I'm just used to it I'm just like whatever it's just there it's just a part of my skin and I don't actually like really care about it that much Mm. anymore obviously everyone's different but I think that getting used to it um, can make you more comfortable rather than having to go through the process of getting something removed yeah I completely agree with everything you just said I think like kind of similar to getting your hair done which we all fucking know like as women I'm sure it's maybe some men can relate I know at least one of us on this podcast can definitely relate to this when you get your hair (laughs) done like dyed or cut you can have a fucking freak out immediately because you're like oh my god I hate it but really it's just that it's very different it's very new it's fresh and you've got to get used to it right especially if this is a if this is a woman I know a lot of women have like a lot of hang-ups about like their physical appearance because we are taught to have hang-ups about our physical appearance we're taught Mm -hmm. to look certain ways and to like you know especially when it comes to tattoos like a lot of women are criticized like you know the types of tattoos they have and stuff like that I think that if you if it's a very recent thing that this has happened try and give yourself some time to get used to it try and give yourself some time like Ducky said to see it through your eyes not through the eyes of like what people are going to think what people are going to say what are people going to make judgments about me because they can see it like try and just think like okay when I wear my clothes when I go out when I do this like how do I feel about it what do I feel when I look at it what do I feel when I think about like what it means to me and my experience and stuff like that like Mm. do I like the quality of it like things like that think about how you genuinely feel about it and like Ducky said if you end up thinking like I actually don't like it and like I just like from your own perspective you don't like the tattoo you can kind of go from there it really is just a matter of separating the fear of judgment and stuff and figuring out what you want to do and I'm in the same boat as you like I wouldn't say I regret certain tattoos but like I have been looking at some lately and I've been like oh I wish I didn't get that one that one didn't age very well like that one didn't do this I probably didn't need to get that tattoo why did I go to this artist they fucking sucked like that kind of thing and like yeah it's it's really just like there are some people who like literally I have no doubt in my mind there are people who look at my tattoos and think that they are ugly as fuck and that's fine because they're not on their body and like I think just like understanding that is is the most important thing and then just doing what you need to do to feel good in yourself is 
what the next the natural next step is yeah totally and it's definitely valid to feel anxious about it and uh, to care what other people think about it but as well as that like people aren't thinking about it as much as you probably no. think that they are like maybe one percent of people will be like don't like that tattoo but like honestly who cares if well people are like, spending all their time thinking about your tattoo that they don't like then that's on them that's that shows that, that they've got not enough going on in their own lives yeah yeah <laughs> it's 2023 we all have different things to worry about stop thinking about people's <laughs> okay our next question comes from a female listener this is a bit of a long one strap yourselves in get I'm that seatbelt on all right <laughs> my male best friend has had a crush on me since we have known each other I've always been really honest with him about the fact that I love him as a friend, but there will never be anything more for me. We've had multiple discussions about it and concluded that breaking our friendship would do more harm to both of us. And he told me that he could handle the fact that the love is not mutual. However, I'm not sure that he's gotten over it since then. I always feel a bit uncomfortable bringing this subject up because I don't know how it could make him feel. Therefore, I fear that he still feels something, even if it cannot be called love anymore, and sometimes feels sad or depressed because of it, but won't talk to me about it. What can I do? Oh, man. This is a tough situation. First of all, like, it sounds like you guys have communicated pretty well thus far, which, like, props to you guys, because what a, what a difficult, shitty situation to be in on both ends, to, like, cherish a friendship on your end and not want to hurt someone, and for him to, you know feel love and be in love and not have it be reciprocated like that sucks on both ends mm. there's not really this this the reason why these situations are hard is because you don't want to make decisions for the other person like mm. you don't want to be acting in a way that is not giving him like the agency to you know be friends with you in a way that works for him even if he is still feeling romantic feelings for you not giving him the agency to move on from you and not have that dictate the way that you treat him like moving forward and I do think that if you are very much like you know very good friends with him and you have a lot of love for him platonically it makes sense that you'd be very hypersensitive to that past experience because you because being in love with someone who doesn't love you back sucks and like it doesn't feel good to be on the end of being the person that is loved but can't feel mm. the, the same way back. So I think, mm. like, if you have discussed it, my, my immediate thought is, like, if you have communicated that you want to stay friends and that he's okay with it and stuff like that, if there's nothing that's actually popping up, you know, that's causing issues, like if he's not getting really jealous and, like, mad and angry when you're dating or if, like, you feel like it's impacting your friendship in other ways and stuff like that, if those things aren't happening... I feel like you need to give him the space and the ability to do what he thinks is best for him, which is be friends with you mm. and not wor overly worry about that because it is ultimately his life and his decision and like his ability to deal with the situation if he feels like he can. What do you think? Yeah, I do agree with you. When I thought about this, I really thought I think that you have to make peace with the fact that you won't know if he's feeling sad about it and that you have to make peace with the fact that he needs to work through this himself yeah. or with the help of others because if you're helping him and talking to him about when he's feeling sad and depressed and stuff like that I think that that uh, grows the connection a lot stronger and 
could honestly potentially make him feel like those stronger feelings or perhaps hold on to hope, you know, mm. in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really great the way that you seem to have both communicated with each other so well about how you're both feeling and what is best for the both of you and all of that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I actually think that is so beautiful. Same. But I think that you do need to protect yourself and your own energy uh in some way in the sense that you can't take responsibility for how he feels like he does need to take responsibility he does need to work through that and he does need to rely on other people that aren't you to talk about that because talking Mm -hmm. to you about it would definitely do more harm than good and I think that making peace with the fact that you guys are friends and that uh you know if he said to you we're friends it's all good I still want to be friends I think you need to take that as his word like take his word for it like trust him with that okay so the next question is how do you find the right career or place to live I'm 24 and I feel lost to that I say welcome to your 20s and don't expect (laughs) it to get any better when you're into your 30s because life is just one big trip and we're all figuring it out every single day and we all change our minds constantly and the the rule of life is actually well the hidden rule of life is actually that no one actually knows what they want and everyone feels lost absolutely welcome to your 20s that is like it's so true but it's so bleak (laughs) i completely agree like it's it, it it makes sense especially like if you've you know, you've come out of high school, maybe you've gone to uni or you've had like a job for a few years, like it can't, 24 feels right about on track to feel lost. You know, like maybe your, your, the excitement of like your late teens, early twenties is worn off. Maybe you've got a bit more responsibility, maybe some things like you've got some trauma that's banked up, like, oh yeah, like sexy stuff that like, you start to feel <laughs> a bit sad and anxious and like maybe a bit like, oh my God, is life going to always be this way? Everyone feels like this to an extent. Like, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Like, 24 sounds Mm -hmm. about right to be like, I feel fucking lost and I don't know what I want to do and I don't know where I want to live. So the question of how do you find out what you want to do and where you want to live, there is no, unfortunately, there is no straight answer. I mean, like, you can have an idea, but I think we need to understand. Like, the thing that I've learned as I've gotten older is, like, allowing yourself the room to make decisions and to act on what you want in the moment cannot define what you want in the future does that make sense Mm -hmm. like you Mm -hmm. need to give yourself the space to be like you know right now I feel like I want to go and like if I'm judged going by my own personal experience when I was 27 so I was like I think I want to move to the Gold Coast and like in the moment I wanted to move to the Gold Coast didn't think too I was very privileged obviously but I didn't think too much about like the long term I didn't think like oh my god do I want to live there forever do I want to do this forever how long am I going to be there I moved to the Gold Coast and you know when I decide that I well I have decided I probably don't want to be on the Gold Coast forever but when I decide to leave the Gold Coast that's something that personally I'm going to allow myself the freedom to do I think being understanding that you are like a changing human being that cannot stay static forever is very important to figuring out what you want to do and where you want to live I completely agree with you and I think that like leaning into the joy of feeling lost is something that I encourage you to do I know that it seems really scary I'm like fully channeling my Sagittarius energy right now (laughs) but like I know that it seems scary to like feel lost and stuff like that but I think the more you become comfortable with the fact that like things are going to change and Mm. your mind is going to change over time and you know 
perhaps there are different places that you'll want to try living or different jobs that you'll want to try and stuff like that. It's actually, it can be really exciting to be able to explore that part of yourself and that part of your life. And like 24 is so young. I know people always say that. And now that we're like in our (laughs) 30s era, not that I'm 30 yet, but I'm almost 30. It's like you really start to realize how young 24 Mm. is and like I look back at being 24 and 24 is when I moved to the Gold Coast and I'm like oh my god like my life has changed so much in this time like every year has been like a completely different era Mm -hmm. things continue to change and evolve and it's actually really beautiful and it's really nice to look back and like think about you know doing what you're doing now and choosing to perhaps try a different career or choosing to move somewhere new Think about your 30-year-old self who will look back. And I know that six years doesn't seem like a long time, but it actually (laughs) is like so much can happen (laughs) in that time. And think about all of the experiences that you can have and how proud your 30-year-old self will be of your 24-year-old self for just fucking doing what you want to do, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. within reason, but like, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. And I think like it does sound cliche or maybe it sounds like way easier said than done and it definitely is but like you said ducky leaning into feeling lost and kind of seeing it more as like yes it's scary but it also allows you to have so much more possibility in your life like being Mm. lost and like you know I don't know what it's like to have a very defined very you know strong life direction I'm sure some people feel it I think most people don't don't Um, and they're just faking it (laughs) they're faking it trying to make it and that's their prerogative and they can do that but if you Mm -hmm. feel a bit lost like it's scary and it's and it's terrifying and it can be really really hard to kind of like maybe maybe you go through a lot of like really difficult times trying to get to where you want to be or figure out where you want to be but it can be a really huge blessing like maybe you'll look back like like he said in six years when you're 30 and you'll be like oh my god I was so lost but look what I did with that feeling and look where I am Mm. now And look at how many experiences I've had, whether it's like, you know, one thing that you've changed or if it's like everything that you've changed. I think looking at it like that blessing that it really can be is a way to kind of take some of the fear away from it and to kind of empower yourself to know that you can get through feeling lost. And also that like that's going to happen throughout our lives. Like I really do think that there are so many different ways that we can feel lost in our lives and Mm. knowing that you can get through it is a huge um, I don't know, like it can be a huge like self-esteem booster and something that really makes us feel proud of ourselves. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, let's move on to the last question for today's episode. This is a bit more of a personal one for the Miss Reedy and the Miss Duck Doggy. <laughs> and it is, what are you looking forward to in the next few years? What am I looking forward to in the next few years? This is a really, really good question. Well, if I start like short term, I'm looking forward to going to Europe, which I've already spoken about. I'm looking forward to being in my relationship, seeing how that grows, seeing how things change and like getting to experience that because it's been such a beautiful, like, um, like enriching experience for me. Not only for mm-hmm. the fact that like, obviously I'm very, very, very happy with the person that I'm dating, but I'm also learning so much about myself. And mm. I think like my world is expanding in a way that I kind of didn't uh, think that much about prior to being in a relationship, like with like the family I'm gaining and stuff like that. Like I never fathomed that like when you date someone, you basically get a whole new family and I'm like fucking loving that right now. Like it's really, it's something that's really making me happy. 
Um, not to be super like sappy and cheesy, but it is, it's true. Um, so I'm looking forward to kind of like having all those new experiences. I'm looking forward to traveling in general to maybe having like a bit of change of scenery. Cause I think like I probably will make a move, um, in the near ish future, um, to kind of like building like not a new life, but like a different life in a way. Um, mm. I don't know, like seeing where my career goes, like I'm really happy in my job right now. I'm feeling really, really content with everything I'm doing with writing and um, with like the creative side of things and doing a bit of freelancing. It's just, I'm feeling really good and I'm feeling really excited for like not even super, like knowing exactly where the future is going, but everything that I know Mm. it will bring with it. Um, So I'm kind of looking forward to the unknown a little bit because I feel like I'm in completely new territory and that's empowering to me in a way Mm. what about you Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like uh looking forward to similar things I am really at the moment feel like I'm learning a lot about myself like the past even just month I feel like I'm realizing so many parts of myself that I really want to explore and keep working on which I'm really enjoying and I and I Mm. hope to continue enjoying I'm also looking forward to travel. My boyfriend and I are planning a big trip for 2024, which I'm really excited about. Mm. Uh, I'm honestly like everything feels pretty unknown other Mm. than that. Like I know I'm going to go on a big trip next year and yeah, that's kind of. Sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes like a wide open road in front of you in terms of like life being the wide open road is like and like having someone who you know is there to do it with you is like a very whether that's a friend or a romantic partner or whatever is kind of like the most exciting thing I think that's like the really beautiful thing about my boyfriend is is he's very similar to me in the sense that like we both have things that we know that we want to do together and that's Mm. like really exciting but we don't feel like we need to have like a set plan for the next Mm -hmm. five years because we do just enjoy so many of the same things and we know that we'll be able to just like you know ebb and flow with life and just enjoy the experience Mm. of growing together and doing fun things so yeah that's really exciting I also just like have a lot of goals with like my work in the vegan space and stuff like that that I really want to like you know continue exploring as well but yeah that's kind of what I'm looking forward to that's super exciting and I think that's a beautiful way to end today's episode so thank you so much for joining us for another episode of tbh the pod hope you enjoyed hope you have a really beautiful day as always if you have any questions for the podcast slide into our dms on instagram at tbh.pod we also have four bonus episodes up every single month on our patreon which uh they start at five dollars a month for two of them or nine dollars a month for the four of them thank you so much for listening guys we will be in your ears with another episode next friday have a great week love ya bye Bye.